0: Welcome to WKJP News Radio, the podcast that talks about the 90s sitcom news radio one episode at a time. I am your host Jordan, and here with me, no joke, is my wife, Kayleen. Today we'll be talking about season two, episode twenty one, entitled Led Zeppelin Two.
1: Kayleen, I like to ask at the top. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm fine. I'm always fine. Fine. Well, that's the kind of wild enthusiasm we're looking for here. I know. Um, How have you been? I'm okay.
0: We haven't recorded in a while.
1: I know. We say that every time.
0: <laughs> it's true, though, because last week our oldest had COVID. And I And so know. neither we're, he nor his brother could go to daycare. We're
1: two for four now. Mm-hmm.
0: Me and the littlest. We're the ones who haven't had it yet. Yeah.
1: No, I keep thinking we're going to get back into like a routine and I just can't, I can't seem to get into a routine. Mm-hmm. Like
0: you're in summer break.
1: You I don't know. need a routine. I know. Like yesterday I was so productive. Uh, I took our oldest and we ran like eight errands. Like we went all over the place. I had a list of things to do. I did all the things on the list, felt super productive. Uh, today I sat around in my underwear for most of the day <laughs> in my okay, pajamas, uh, but then I cooked a lot today. I know. In the last two days, we've made two loaves of banana bread, a baked oatmeal, peach, breakfast food, and quinoa and a vegetable.
0: You made a lot of quinoa.
1: I know. I didn't realize one cup of quinoa. It's like that those toys you used to buy when you were a kid and they're like a tiny little pellet and then you put it in water and then it expands to like 12 times its size. Mm-hmm. Quinoa is like that. Like when you look at 1 cup of quinoa, you're like, this won't fill me. And then you soak it in water and boil it and you're like, oh my god, this could feed our entire family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. It's beginning of August. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday night. Yep. If you're a teacher, you understand that. <laughs> August is metaphorically it's just a month of Sunday nights. So, yeah. How have you been, Jordan?
0: How have I been? I've been all right. I hurt my wrist lifting <laughs> weights, and I haven't been able to really use it for almost two weeks. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed out. How come
1: you're not wearing your brace?
0: I am wearing my brace. Oh,
1: you weren't earlier. I
0: wasn't earlier. I had to take it off. I just get tired of sweaty. get tired of wearing it. No, it actually doesn't get sweaty. It's a really nice one, but mm. I just get irritated.
1: Self-conscious.
0: Yeah, I'm worried that our kids are judging me.
1: The cat. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the cat's judging me, but not for that.
1: It doesn't match your style. Did you want me to sign it? <laughs> have a great summer. <laughs> See you in the car. <laughs> Kaylee Poole.
0: <laughs> All right. So Kaylee and I also like to ask at the top,
1: what have you been watching lately? Frasier. Again, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's just my, like, go-to show right now. I mean, when the blues are calling. I hate that song. You don't even... Oh. <laughs> It's not even funny. It's not even like a, oh, kind of funny. I hate it. Like, I hate that song. I skip. I skip the intro and the outro every you, single episode. You skip the outro? Oh, yeah, because they play it at the end of every episode, too. I thought you would just,
0: like, mute it because they do the kind of, like, wordless. No, it like, an annoys me. No, the
1: miming it annoys me. I don't really. Like it. Yeah, I don't oh, like okay. it. No, I don't like
0: the I end. actually like it when a show can get a laugh without having any audio. I think that's impressive. Mm.
1: Yeah, I don't – this show in particular, I just find it annoying because they do it every single episode, so I just don't like it.
0: Sure. What I like about the outro is that usually the joke has to do with Eddie the dog.
1: I know. I was just going to say that. I'm like, you just like it because it's usually the dog. Mm-hmm. I actually was reading trivia that the dog, uh, Moose, Moose, never really took to any of the cast members. Oh, really? Yeah. He was, like, very attentive and well-trained um, to his – owner but never really took to any of the cast members
0: really yeah if i recall correctly they actually rescued him like he was in a a pound or something like he had mm. a really hard life so at he was first a pound
1: puppy yeah
0: and he needed he just needed the like work he needed to like have a job and be trained yeah. appropriately like that's often the case with jack russell's
1: his son replaced him mm-hmm. in the last two seasons keeping
0: it in the family yeah well, we've watched a couple of movies together. The one I wanted to point out is we've watched Police Academy. <laughs> I
1: forgot about that. Although I was thinking recently, we should watch Police Academy too.
0: Mm-hmm, we should. I had never seen Police Academy, and we just found it on. It
1: really held up. Something the other night. <laughs> well, it was eee! funny. It was. It was funny. Oh my god! Though so many off color, terrible, like yeah. yeah. Like, there are plenty of things to be offended by in it. Yes, um, I liked the boobs. Mm-hmm.
0: Steve Gutenberg was funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. The guy makes uh, sound effects with his mouth.
0: Yep. Michael Winslow.
1: Yep. There's the sex crazed uh, sergeant lady. I liked her with the torpedo tits.
0: Yeah, and she had like the riding crop.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I heard? You swallow. <laughs>
0: Oh. Beat of sweat right down my forehead. <laughs> I was a little surprised. I thought Bobcat Goldthwait was in these movies. I don't know who that is. He's a comedian. He's got a very distinctive kind of, ah, a funny
1: voice. Talk like this. Like Barney Fife.
0: Barney Fife?
1: No, Barney. Barney I'm sorry. Wrong Barney. <laughs> Barney the Dinosaur. Okay, give me your best Barney the Dinosaur. Barney the Dinosaur? Yeah. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. <laughs> that was pretty good. Okay, now
0: give me your best Barney Gumble.
1: Uh, Oh! I can't, do it. I can't do it. I sounded more like Marge. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Oh, Homer! Blah, blah. It sounds more like Marge. I can't do it. Now give me your best Barney Fife. That's the guy from Andy Griffith's show, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Don Knotts. I'm a dumb police officer. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I'm not good at voices. No. I'm better at facial expressions than voices. You do have some good facial expressions. (laughs) That transfers
0: really well to this media.
1: I know. That's why I'm like, oh, man, I'm making myself look really bad right now. All right. Figuratively. All right, now do yours.
0: Yep. Okay, fair is fair. Okay, so Barney the Dinosaur.
1: I love you.
0: You love me. Hi, kids. That's really good. Okay, so that's Barney the dinosaur. Okay. Now Barney Gumble.
1: Da 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 <laughs> da.
0: Remember, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> he gets drunk he to and
1: sees something. Okay, well, he
0: gets drunk and he uses the rocket, the rocket pack when they're competing to be okay. astronauts. Okay, come on. We were just joking around, but you took it too far. That was really good, Jordan. That was Barney
1: Gumble. Okay, and
0: then I don't know if I can do a Barney Five.
1: Well, you gotta try. Well, Andy, I think we better go investigate Otis. (laughs) Okay, all three of those were way better than mine. Although, to be fair, you are a man doing three male characters.
0: That's true. Now I'll do (laughs) March.
1: (laughs) Homer. Was that good? Can this be our podcast? No, it's just us doing voices. <laughs> uh,
0: We're going to do that instead of the question tonight, I think.
1: Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I don't
0: have a question for us, so <laughs> consider that your question. It's perfect. Just imagine that uh, some some intrepid listener... Sent me an email and said, can you guys do some voices? I want to hear the Barneys, the three Barneys. Can you do the three Barneys? And we each took a try.
1: Are there any other Barneys you can think of? No. Yeah, me neither.
0: Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother.
1: Yeah, I'm not really.
0: I mean, he just sounds like Neil Patrick Harris.
1: I like having sex. (laughs) I'm kind of a creep. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We also watched The Usual Suspects.
1: Yes, and we both finally got it. (laughs) I think it was
0: really nice for us to watch that in a a judgment-free zone. talk it out. Where we could just be like, you know, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever really understood
1: this movie. Why why did they kill that guy? I thought thought they were with him. Is he, oh, he's not with them? So he. Oh, it's a good thing they killed him. He (laughs) did make up Kobayashi? Or was Kobayashi real? (laughs) Was he Kobayashi? That's the point of the movie. We don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It was was really good. I mean, when when did it come out? 94. Jeez. Held up super well. Yeah. 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 I mean, same. Like, there were a couple off-collar comments and things that I was like, oh, that's not cool. But on the whole, like, it was good.
0: Yeah. I was disappointed to see that the line that made me crack up when I watched it in college, pretty high, I think, was not actually nearly as funny as it was in my memory. And that was Stephen Baldwin going...
1: Oh, how do we bury him? (laughs) With our hands. Yeah, you really like that. It's such a stupid line. It
0: is a stupid line. And then he starts digging in the sand to bury the guy. All right. I also wanted to talk about, I watched the entire third season of The Umbrella Academy.
1: Oh, yeah. I was so confused when I saw you watching that. I was like, (laughs) you don't like this show. And you were like, yeah, I keep giving it a chance. Yeah. Was it worth the chance?
0: It was, it's the definition of a hate watch because like, I'm just mad about it but i have to see it as well. Hmm. Like it's it's just got the most squandered premise of any tv show i've ever seen. Like it's such a cool premise for a show that like on the same date in the late 80s all these women around the world spontaneously gave birth even though they weren't pregnant hmm. and all these kids grew up to have superpowers and so this eccentric billionaire goes around and like collects them collects all. them and like trains yeah. them. And I think this really felt like the end of the show. It really felt like there wasn't going to be a fourth season for this show. Mm -hmm. Like, this was wrapping it up. What I wanted to see, though, was for the previous two seasons, um, Elliot Page, formerly known as Ellen Page, Mm -hmm. has been a character. Mm -hmm. And now he, Elliot Page, has identified as a male.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I wanted to see how the show would handle that mm-hmm. because are they going to put him... Is in he a... playing
1: a female character before? Yes. Oh, got it.
0: Yep. And so what, are they going to put him in a wig and like he's just going to...
1: I also can't imagine he'd be super cool with that. No. Yeah.
0: And so I also wanted to see it because I know Netflix has had a lot of problems recently with accusations of transphobia because they keep giving (laughs) specials to Dave Chappelle who like basically just wants to use his specials to talk about how trans people are
1: Confused. Confused, evil, non-existent. I'm not exactly sure what his point is. It almost feels like he's just using that to stay relevant. Yeah. Which is annoying. I I think he genuinely does believe it. I I don't think he's like bullshitting. No, it's almost like he believes it and then he realized, oh, this pisses people off. I'm just going to keep like... Pushing that button, yep. it's like okay. But what, what it bothers me is that, and that people keep reacting. Like mm. if you don't like, stop giving just people don't your look. money. Just kind don't of, look. yeah, kind of. Just like ignore this person. Just shut them out. C- cancel. Yeah, <laughs> that, you know, like if you really don't like them, don't engage. Right. So I wanted to see
0: how the show handled this, uh, especially because in the promo photos, Elliot Page looks like. A man, like, mm-hmm. has short hair, has more masculine features. And I wanted to see how they handled it. And it turns out that, <laughs> like, for the first two episodes, he is, looks exactly the same as he did for the previous two seasons, except wearing, like, clearly an awful wig. Mm. And then in the, like, second or third episode, he's like, he goes and gets a haircut and he's like, I'm not Vanya anymore, now I'm Victor. And everyone's like, okay, Victor, you're our brother now, we love you. <laughs> and like I
1: mean it's also kind of like great
0: I okay mean, sure, just accept that but there's no conflict there's right. no confusion there's no like even even if everyone in your entire life is super accepting and happy sure. like there's going to be a couple times where people like stumble over it like even when they used he pronouns to re- I mean, refer to him I was confused I was like wait oh right okay sure like yeah
1: I mean really what this is is just like it's real life colliding with a fictional story and like normally your real life shouldn't intertwine into the fictional story. Like yes. you become a character and your real life doesn't make a difference or doesn't impact it. But like, yeah, this is a very unique situation where like, that's not the case. Yeah. And so they, I'm sure they were just like, let's just wrap it up in a tight little knot and make it done and move on. I think so.
0: Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. Of- I wanted to see how they handled that. And like they ended up giving, uh, reasonable motivations to everybody and I kind of understood like the entire arc of the show but yeah
1: hmm.
0: let's go back to doing impressions <laughs> oh,
1: God, that was <laughs> terrible I'm not looking forward to hearing myself doing those full I am
0: that'll be really fun <laughs> oh to
1: yeah when I hear you laughing cackling to yourself in the front room I'm gonna be like oh he's listening to my Barney impressions
0: yep okay as always, you can reach out to us if you have questions you want us to answer, or if you want to answer the questions yourself, reach out to us on social media or email.
1: Or do your own Barney impressions.
0: Yeah. Record yourself doing the three Barneys.
1: Send us some audio clips. We'd love
0: to hear them. <laughs> Put it on Instagram. Tag us in it. <laughs> well, let's make this viral. <laughs> let's not. All right. Should we get into the news radio episode? Sure. So we will be talking about Led Zeppelin 2. This aired April 28th, 1996. It was written by Drake Sather and directed by James Burroughs. We have a new number one on the charts, Kayleen.
1: Oh, lay it on me.
0: You ready for this? This is like 90s Hurdle.
1: Mariah. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lesser It's got to be known. a
0: three-minute intro.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I would say this is far and away one of her most popular oh, songs. Oh, it's just
1: a long intro. Do, 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 do. You'll Always Be My Baby. That's right. Yes. Took me a second. One of her best songs, in my opinion. You know... I really liked Mariah Carey in the 90s when I was supposed to, when I was a young, young lady. Mm -hmm. And then when I got into my like 20s, I thought she was cheesy and gross. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm older, I really respect her as a singer. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really know anything about her personally for what she's like as a person because that's irrelevant. But as a like singer and artist... She's outstanding. Mm -hmm. She's an amazing singer. Doesn't she
0: have something like an eight octave range or something ridiculous like that?
1: I actually watched a video recently of her doing some concert. And it was like recently or in the last few years. And she's singing and she's hitting those like super high notes. And you can tell that she's actually doing it. Mm -hmm. Like it's not some auto-tuned backing track.
0: Yeah. Like unbelievable. Yeah. So. That was uh, number one on the charts for a few weeks. Alright, getting into the actual episode, here's the synopsis from IMDb. I just, I love it. I don't know who writes this, but I just think this is adorable. Joe is bothered by the building's new security cameras. Mr. James thinks he's found the perfect wife candidate, though he needs to find out what's wrong with her. And a fire in the building freaks Bill out, but makes Dave and Lisa hot under the collar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, let me barf into this garbage can over here. Hot in their underpants. Yeah. <laughs> to be hot under the collar feels more like you're angry. I think you're right. Yeah. I take it back. What a terrible synopsis. Yeah, hot in the underpants. Yeah. That's a better <laughs> that old saying,
0: <laughs> hot in the underpants. <laughs> so we open on the conference table. Dave is criticizing everyone for not paying attention. He asks Beth what he was just talking about, and she guesses pain and tension. A little play on words.
1: You do like wordplay. I do like wordplay. Thank mm-hmm.
0: you. Uh, so Catherine notices that Dave is dressed up, and she claims that Dave is dressed up to impress Lisa. Uh, I don't know how much he's actually dressed up compared to normal days. I think he's wearing a three-piece, so he's wearing a vest.
1: Yeah, that's what I wrote. How is he all dressed up? A vest? <laughs> I guess
0: so. When you wear a suit every day, wearing a vest is like this, a step up. To make it dressed I guess up. I so,
1: which to me, I'm just like, that's just an extra piece of clothing. Mm-hmm.
0: But The more clothing you wear, the fancier you are. Dave announces that there are now security cameras in the foyers and stairwell. Joe is immediately angry about this. This is, again, where we see Joe's paranoia and conspiracy theories coming into play. He's concerned <laughs> that uh, they're puppets in some grand experiment. Well, how do you be sure we <laughs> subject to some grand social experiment Engineered by unnamed, unseen forces Headquartered under some mountain in Virginia or something Wait a minute, Joe If what you're saying is true Then I still don't care <laughs> I really like Dave's reaction to Joe Where he says Wait a minute, Joe
1: If what you're saying
0: is true Then I still don't care
1: yeah, I don't know. Like their little banter at that table, I'm always just like, it's not. It always just seems very sitcommy. Yes,
0: I wonder why. I also do like the response where Joe tells him that he's living in a dream world, and he says, "If I was living in a dream world, it wouldn't be like this." I do like the little moments we get where we see Dave, like, kind of frustrated with his job, or just being like, "Yeah." <laughs> so Bill guesses that Dave is dressed up for a date and not for Lisa. Bill laughs and says that Dave is cheating on Lisa. And Lisa says, how can he be cheating on me? We're not even dating. And Catherine says, they can always find a way, which I thought was a good retort.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Again, it just feels like, has Catherine been cheated on a lot or something? Is that her, like, does she hate men? I don't think she hates men. Like, does she mistrustful of men? Maybe. We don't know her backstory. You know, when we were dating and fun fact i guess backstory of us like we dated long distance for seven years eight years long time yeah it's kind of ridiculous when i say it out loud like that but there were months where we wouldn't see each other and i often had people being like very commonly like aren't you worried like about what he's doing <laughs> and it was always just like you haven't met jordan <laughs> have you met jordan <laughs> yeah or I don't know, I just felt, I mean, we talked every day probably yeah, yeah. or nearly every day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I I guess I guess should just really consider myself fortunate that cheating, the experience of cheating or being cheated on is just not something that I have experience with mm-hmm. or really can empathize with deeply because I haven't experienced it. Like I, I can imagine that loss of trust or whatever, but that's just not something that's affected my life.
0: Yeah, trust is just not really a problem in our relationship. No.
1: It's actually kind of a running joke between us that we're cheating on each other. Yeah, I noticed. (laughs) Uh, Because it's so ridiculous. Also, because we both know that if either of us actually did cheat, the other wouldn't be able to lie about it for more than like a day before they'd be like, oh God, I have to unload. I feel
0: terrible. Well, I'm so scrupulous and principled that I can't deal with lying. <laughs> and you are so... Keelan can't keep a secret. <laughs> so between that's the, true. the two of us, I'm it would ver- just come I'm, out immediately. I'm a verbal processor. So we got Matthew and Joe out in the lobby. They're looking for cameras. Joe says, I don't want Big Brother spying on us. And Matthew says, well, I'm an only child. Oh, that's such a
1: silly that's joke. such
0: a silly joke. Uh, so <laughs> Matthew climbs up on Joe to try to get to the camera installed in the ceiling. Uh, I really did enjoy this bit of physical comedy where Matthew tries to get a running start and just slides down Joe like on a... (laughs) Yeah, that
1: actually was a lull for me.
0: Like on a fireman's pole. Yeah. That's pretty good. He also hands Joe his shoes and then tries to climb up his back like Yeah, uh,
1: like that whole I I don't usually like physical comedy, but like I was pretty impressed with the like commitment to that yes, bit. Yes. That was pretty good. And the fact that he even went like up into the ceiling above where you can see with the camera. I was like, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was good.
0: This is uh, very much what it feels like to have our kids climbing on me. <laughs> like <laughs> our oldest is getting just a little bit too big for yeah. me to like comfortably like carry him around or like, you know, yeah. whatever. And to have him just be like, oh yeah, I can just ride on your shoulders. It's no big deal. I've been doing it since I was little. I was like, Yeah, not so much.
1: I remember even being like probably ten, twelve years old and still wanting my dad to like carry me to bed. Yeah. And now I'm like I thought I was pretty heavy. And I was, <laughs> i know I was super gangly. I know I was all elbows and knees and yeah. sharp edges.
0: So Matthew falls from the ceiling. I'm pretty sure that's a dummy like you pointed out. That's probably oh, yeah, not that was, actually Andy no, Dick. There's no way. It looked way too limp yeah. to be like yeah, a, a real no, human it body. It was a dummy for yeah. sure. After the credits, Lisa comes in to talk to Dave. He is kind of performatively prepping for his date. So he's like combing his hair. He's splashing on a little cologne. He's uh, spraying some binaca. Do you remember Binaka?
1: I do. I haven't
0: used or thought about it in years.
1: I never had it, but one of my friends did. It had kind of a weird like plasticky taste to it. I mean, it was mint.
0: Didn't it have a bit of an alcohol, like astringency to
1: it? Um, Yes, but I feel like the aftertaste of it was kind of plasticky.
0: Huh. I remember it being a big thing in sixth grade. Like people had carrying binaca around. I think it was just that like prepubescent, like we're all figuring out like what our bodies are Mm -hmm. doing and like we don't want to be gross. So we buy mints and gum and binaca and it's like,
1: I don't know what they do now. You
0: asked me the other day if I'd consider wearing cologne just because you found some like cool cologne online or something. Yeah. It reminds me of that age. Like, because I wore cologne when I was in like seventh grade. Oh, yeah. Like we'd like go to a dance and I'd splash on some of my dad's. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was. Old Spice. (laughs) It wasn't Old Spice. I don't (laughs) remember what it was.
1: When I was in high school, Cool Water was the one that all the boys wore.
0: Yes. Well, I remember being told very specifically that like that smells really good.
1: Cool water. The girls love (sighs) that. The girls love cool
0: water. (laughs) Uh, Lisa tells Dave that the tie he's wearing is
1: hideous. He says, well, you bought me this tie. It is an
0: ugly tie, especially with that really dark vest.
1: It looks like a vintage tie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's got that kind of swirly paisley. Well, and it's like
1: mustardy, brown, orangey. It looks like it's from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, And she says, yeah, I bought it as a joke. (laughs)
1: which good one like who buys a tie as a joke i know
0: so mr james comes in he's looking for his wife candidate list um he believes he's located the winner a woman named ruth and dave says oh that's a lovely name and he says yeah it's from the bible do you know anything about ruth
1: i don't remember i don't
0: remember which one she is either no no uh the only thing i know about ruth is that it's one of those interesting words where we have a derivation of it still in English, but we don't have the word itself. So we have the word ruthless, but we don't have the word mm. ruthful, hmm. and we don't have the word ruth. Hmm. So like if you're ruthless, you're without ruth. But what is ruth?
1: But we don't have ruth.
0: turns out it means like um, kindness or hmm. gentleness, mercy.
1: Okay. Oh,
0: that's your fun word fact for the day. So Mr. James tells Dave that uh, he and Ruth slept together. Dave asks if it was their first time, and he says, No, I've had sex before. I believe she has too. That (laughs) That made you laugh. That was another
1: lull. Both times.
0: Yeah. I love his description, which is, Well, everything seemed to fit together with no parts left over.
1: (laughs) I mean, are we supposed to immediately think of gay sex? Oh. I immediately thought of, like, anal sex. Oh. And, like, testicles (laughs) left over.
0: Yeah, the testicles are always, well, the testicles are always <laughs> left over no matter what. they always <laughs> left over. If you find a use for those, let me know. <laughs> they don't all go in. <laughs> I was just imagining it as like building an Ikea shelf or something like, oh no, we have these parts left over.
1: Yeah, I, I immediately was like, the testicles.
0: <laughs> so Dave runs into Ruth in the main office. And he makes sort of awkward small talk with her. She's wearing this weird black and white
1: pantsuit. I, I wrote weirdly tall, but she's taller than most people on on the set, I want to say. she is. but it's emphasized by that weird black and white. It almost looks like a corset she's wearing over a white top. but I think it's actually all one top,
0: so for one thing, I think Mr. James likes women who are taller than him. It seems like several of his mm-hmm. lady friends have been taller than he is. He's mm-hmm. not a super tall guy either. right. But also, I thought she looked like Cruella Deville. In the black and white. Oh, hmm. that was the best comparison point I
1: had. Huh? I thought more like big top.
0: You thought she looked like a circus tent?
1: Yeah, like her top reminded me of something like if she were an acrobat. Oh, okay. But even like the but like the pattern of like a big top tent also.
0: Okay. So she looked like the tent and the gymnast who performs inside.
1: Like the tent. if she, or like an, if she was a performer in the night circus, that is what she would have worn.
0: Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Or if she's jack skellington's lady friend lady friend sure yep Well you pointed out that uh when mr james and dave go in to talk together in the bathroom joe is just standing right outside the bathroom door and you can just see his His face face looking
1: in (laughs) so weird he does it multiple times like it's so weird i mean that's that's one of several times
0: that it seems like Joe Rogan has like not been where he's supposed to be in the shot. And he's like, Oops. well, then he's
1: even like looking through the door, like at the camera. It's not just that you the... can
0: see him through the bathroom door. Yeah, it's that he's
1: looking at yeah,' the it's the camera. like it's like he's looking at you. And I'm like, is this like a gag or something or like, I mean, like again, is he supposed to be in the hallway like looking at the cameras or something, But even then he's not doing that. And you see him for a fraction of a second. <laughs> so it's just distracting and odd. It is very odd.
0: So Mr. James can't remember why he and Ruth broke up. He wrote it in his secret code on the wife candidate list, but he changes his secret code all the time. So that is going to be his game for the rest of the episode is figuring out what is wrong with Ruth. Hmm. Uh, Bill comes in and mentions, what a set of warheads on that battleship. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those, it's one of those, I I was going to call it a euphemism, but I don't even think that's right. It's one of those, Idioms that, like, I guess I understand it, but I i don't think I would ever use that phrase. So, on his way back into his office from the men's room, Lisa accosts Dave. Uh, <laughs> she's probably three or four lines into an argument, and he says, Look, can this argument just continue as it started without me? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like you and I do that to each other.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: Where, like, <laughs> you'll come up to me and start talking as if you're just launching into an argument that you've already been having in your head with me all day. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing to you. And then I have to go like, wait, 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 what? Where did, where is this coming from? Right. As he and Lisa are in his office, Dave gets a phone call that the building is on fire. Lisa ignores him at first. She's trying to suss out who he has a date with. Uh, Then they notice the smoke outside the office window. Uh, Beth?
1: Paying attention.
0: (laughs) The building's on fire.
1: Dave, if this is a little test to see that I am paying attention. At no, the all...
0: building is really on fire.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, no, the building's on fire. Okay, yeah. okay, what do we do? Well, we
0: just, we just need to notify the staff, hang all right? right. Hang so on, I want hang you on, to. Hang on. What is it?
1: It's that girl who had a crush on you in college, isn't it? Uh, Lisa, I don't think it really matters who started the fire at this point, okay? It's...
0: <laughs> Bill is reading a news announcement about the fire at the Criterion building at 59th and Madison, but he doesn't seem to realize that's his building. Bill. Our building is on fire.
1: I guess you're right. All right, there's, there's nothing to worry about, although we should go out there and warn the others. Uh, we'll probably need to evacuate the building. Get a hold of yourself! What was that
0: for? I'm perfectly calm. I believe in preventive medicine.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, terrible joke.
0: Catherine likes to slap people. That's going to be a thing. I don't think we've seen a lot of it so far, but... yeah. It's kind of her running game. Hopefully
1: she gets better at the fake slap. Even
0: the second one in this episode is better than the first one. But she like backhands him in the second one. Yeah. It's weird. So in the next scene, we learn that there's a small fire on the third floor. The fire marshal has asked everybody to stay put. Bill immediately wants to reject those instructions. <laughs> he yells, who chooses life?
1: Well, I, yeah, I was like this... Is there any fire marshal that actually wants people to stay in a building during a fire? I can't, I don't know. I don't know what the like for giant, is giant. Yeah, here. if you have like 20 floors and there's a fire on the third floor. I imagine that they need
0: access through the stairwells or something to and
1: deal they don't with want, the fire. they don't want all these people coming down. That's my guess. I guess so.
0: Again, Catherine slaps Bill. No one reacts. Uh, Matthew seems to think that they'll have to stay put. In their chairs. So when everybody gets <laughs> up to walk around the office, he right. he starts saying, they told us to stay put. Mr. James recruits Catherine to figure out if Ruth has breast implants. I think that's a really weird notion because like I don't, I'm not trying to be judgy or creepy or anything, but like she doesn't have obviously very large breasts. So why would no, you her,
1: assume? Well, and her top also is not very booby. Mm-hmm. Like it was a blouse buttoned up. Yeah. Well, isn't he looking for reasons? Yes. Maybe if she has fake boobs, he doesn't want to be with her. I
0: mean, that's also kind of crappy too. Oh, yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. That's shallow. That's shallow. But I did like how Catherine was just like, are they fake? No? Great. Yeah. That's (laughs) that's how you should do it. If you really are that curious, just own it. That's That's how you find out, Mr. James. Although I do like the Seinfeld episode where Elaine just falls and grabs the woman's breasts because Jerry sent her in there to to investigate <laughs> yeah
0: so Bill is near the elevator he's trying to recruit other people to take the stairs down I have no idea what it is that makes Bill think he has to get <laughs> out of the building I think there's just something in him that like somebody told him to do something and he immediately wants to react against it
1: hmm like a child like a child
0: what is that, uh, oppositional defiant disorder? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, where are you going? To the stairwell, to life! <laughs> Bill, they said the safest place is to stay here. The devil mixes his lies with the truth, people. Let's go!
1: Yeah, that was a smirk. I was like, that sounds like the type of line that probably people who really like news radio quote that line. Mm. Yeah. Am I right?
0: I haven't heard that one quoted a lot, mm. but I do like it. Yeah. The bit with Bill ends with him coming back with a face full of soot. So he's literally wearing the evidence of why he shouldn't have tried to go down the stairwell. So Mr. James also recruits Beth to figure out if Ruth is a black widow. That is, right. she married men and then they died under mysterious circumstances. Back in his office, Lisa apologizes to Dave. Um, she says that that's not how she would want to be spending their last moments if the fire were serious. Dave realizes that this is kind of his opening, that we know that he wants to be with Lisa anyway, so he tells her that the fire is actually very serious and they collapse into each other's arms.
1: Oh, it's so cringy. I couldn't even look at it.
0: I think they're both looking for an opportunity.
1: But like the way that they were kissing each other... The way that she, like, put her arms around his neck and stuff, it was so lovey. Hmm. And I was like, no, this would be like them being sneaky and being very, like, quick and frantic and not, like... Or even, like, people walk in and they're just like, oh, yeah. like, oh man. And I'm like, no, you're trying to be sneaky. <laughs> so you would be, like, quick and, like, sudden and, like, oh, you're not doing anything. And Yeah. Like... Even just like the way that they laid down on the couch, to, I was just like, "This is cringy." Also, you're in your office, like all these people are. Like you can't. Oh, I don't. I don't like anything about this.
0: Yeah, there must be something in both of them that likes the doing it in the office. Like that is a, a special turn on for them.
1: I guess so. But
0: and I'm sure there are people like that. I I don't quite understand it.
1: Well, I'm just like. But you're also doing it like in a room that's in the middle of all the hustle and bustle. I would understand more if it was like go find a broom closet or something. But like, yeah, and your boss is there. Like Mr. (laughs) James is there. Yes, like, and And he's one of the people who walks in. Yeah,
0: it's a room that people just walk into. I know. Uh, So as they're on Dave's couch, Joe comes in to get something off his chest. He kind of uh, dithers and uh, goes on and on. I really like the way that Dave sort of (laughs) is impatiently encouraging him to just spit it out.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's really funny. This is sometimes how I feel when I listen to our kids talk. Oh, my gosh. I I have to hear about the details of a Yu-Gi-Oh game, and I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, okay, uh uh-huh, go ahead. That's right, yep, okay, what are you saying? (laughs) So Joe admits that he started the fire by trying to override the security cameras, and Dave does not care because he just wants to get Lisa back in the room. So Dave is just like, yep, that's fine. So Joe then also admits that he blew up the antenna relays the previous week, and Dave is like, yep, that's fine. (laughs) And his big final admission is that he's the Unabomber, uh, which, uh, again, They've referenced
1: that like three times.
0: Three times in something like three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, they've really come... Down hard on it in the last the end of the season. Um, my favorite is Dave's response to that, which is, well, who isn't? <laughs> so Mr. James comes in to ask if either Dave or Lisa have heard Ruth talk about taking up arms <laughs> against the government. He must be way down on his list of like possible sources of right. discontent with her.
1: The first thing I thought of was actually the January 6th insurrection. Sure. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, that's He doesn't want anyone who would be at that riot. Yes, yes. (laughs) He would be like, no, sorry. (laughs) That's true. If this were taking place today, that's what he would ask. Right, I know.
0: Um, Actually, that specific wording, I once was sitting in the lobby at my work and overheard a conversation. And I pieced together that it was a guy from some government agency i'm guessing like the cia or something interviewing a coworker of mine mm. and he was asking him questions about a guy he had gone to school with mm. right so this coworker of mine had gone to school with somebody sure. and that person had applied to the fbi nsa cia one of those oh, agencies okay. so sure. this guy was like tell me about your relationship with him tell yeah. me what kind of person is he Yeah. Um, One of the questions was, like, does he drink a lot? Does he use drugs? And then one of the questions was, have you ever heard him say anything about taking up arms against the government? (laughs) And so, like, yeah, I think that's a thing that gets asked. Yeah. Like, when you're trying to apply for high clearance positions.
1: Well, you're trying to be in the government. They're probably going (laughs) to not want somebody who's going to take up arms against the government. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I do want to point out that Mr. James tries to make himself comfortable in Dave's office and says, There comes a time in a man's life when, when change must occur. Change. Will you guys rather hear this later? Yes. Okay. There is a previous episode where Mr. James starts to launch into a monologue where he talks about change in the words of the great philosophers, and it's the exact same thing here. And he gets cut off in the exact same way. So Beth is out At her desk, she's calling her mom to tell her she loves her, just in case the fire is serious and they don't get to talk again. And her mom accuses her of starting the fire. I just think that's a funny little throwaway scene.
1: I just feel like Beth really overacted in this episode. She just seemed, I mean, I know that she's kind of a dramatic character already, but she's just, No, Mom, I didn't start the fire! Like, yeah, she she definitely likes
0: to ham it up. Like as I uh, like an actress. You, yeah,
1: if she didn't punch her lines so hard, mm-hmm. sometimes they would be way funnier. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know. I no, I kind of agree, but I can also see Beth, the character, as being a very dramatic, sure. person like that. Uh, so the fire marshal comes in to tell everybody that the fire is out. Dive. What?
1: Fire's out, Mr. Nelson. You sure? Yes, I'm sure the fire's out. Well, that's great news, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, The fire's out, miss. You can put your shirt back on now. (laughs)
0: Uh, So back in their office, they're putting their clothes back on. Lisa suggests that maybe it could flare up again, and Dave sort of says, well, who are we kidding? So I have this hypothesis that this episode, Dave and Lisa is a metaphor for whether or not the show will get picked up. And, Mm. like, the fire is analogous to maybe the show ends and doesn't get picked up and doesn't go on into season three. Sure. And so them having a last fling is like throwing those characters at each other again one more time Mm. in what could be the last episode of the series. Sure, I have no idea if that's accurate. (laughs) But that's my, that's my interpretation.
1: Hmm. Poetic. Thank
0: you. In the next scene, Bill is sharing some ridiculously expensive cigars with everyone. Matthew keeps trying to get his lit and he keeps coughing.
1: Yeah, I also noticed he like was like peeling his apart at the end. He
0: clearly just has no idea what to do. Everybody else looks super comfortable with the cigars. Even Catherine, even Lisa. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah.
0: uh, Even Beth. But Matthew can't quite figure out what to do with his so Ruth is telling Mr. James that she doesn't want to spend time with the staff because she tells him that they're an incredibly weird bunch. Uh, we hear Matthew saying some line about how he likes to inhale because it makes him feel dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. James has finally figured out that this is why he dumped Ruth originally. Uh, it's because he really likes these people and cares about them and doesn't want to be married to anyone who doesn't. I think that's actually really kind of sweet that yeah, like, yeah. he does care for them. So he sends her down to the lobby and then calls in a code five to security,
1: which is just like the meanest right, way I know to get rid of something. I know. I also like that he has a pre-designated code for getting rid of... Like, I'm sending down a woman to get rid of her, <laughs> put her in a taxi. Yeah. Give her the standard excuse. Yep.
0: So then they hear some massive creaking. They all kind of hear slash feel the building settling. It must be the pylons, Dave asks. Are you saying that this whole building could collapse at any minute? And Joe says, like, he actually gets the line wrong. He says something like, there's one in a hundred billion to one chance. So that's
1: Yeah, I told you we're at the end of this episode, I was just like, Dave and Lisa making out is so cringe to me. I wrote, are they 14? Yeah. Like, if you want to hook up, you're freaking adults. Go hook up. Go home. You're,
0: You're right. The only explanation must be they like the moderate taboo or like
1: they have an excuse like oh there's so there's a reason for us to do this because if they hook up because they want to then maybe they'll have to confront like why are we doing this or what does this mean or whatever but it just reminded me so much of like parties I would go to in middle and high school where it's like you're like who can I kiss in the bathroom (laughs) like (laughs) god yeah (laughs)
0: So Dave and Lisa duck back into his office. Uh, Everyone goes downstairs and someone drops their cigar on the table. We've complained about that table with all the newspapers on it before, just being a super fire hazard. And with the cigar on the table, it starts on fire. And that's
1: the end of the episode. Hmm. Big stinker. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't like this one. Not great. Not great. No, I'm not super into it. Really crappy way to end a season, Mm -hmm. too. Like, Yeah. Sometimes a season of a show ends... And I'm like, oh my God, I really hope, like I have to know what happens next. And like, to me, I'm like, if this were the end, I'd be like, okay.
0: I wonder what the status of this show was like at the end of this season, whether they knew or didn't know they were going to get picked up for a third season. Um, It would be interesting to know that and whether they wrote this episode in light of like, well, maybe this is the end of the series. You know, we just don't know.
1: Well, they just clearly didn't save their A game for the end. No, no. You know?
0: Nope. I mean, it's no sweeps week. (laughs) So, Kayleen, now it is time for... It's the 90s.
1: It's the 90s. Yo, it's the 90s. What 90s
0: references did you
1: catch? I only had two. I have two as well. Bob Dole.
0: Oh, good. Yep. I couldn't remember that. I was trying to remember it today, but...
1: And the Unabomber, again.
0: The Unabomber, again. The only one I noticed, in addition to those, is the phrase when Dave says, they're calling it a Dresden for the 90s. I feel like that is a phrase that used to get used in the 90s. Like, ah, it's leave it to beaver for the 90s. And we don't hear that phrase anymore because there's not a good way to refer to it. For the 20s. For the 20s, for the aughts, for the teens. Like, none of those have really caught on. Yeah. And so people don't use that but i feel like the phrase for the 90s or even like for the 80s is something you used to hear like Hmm. it's this old thing that you like but we've updated it and so it's cola for the 90s
1: yeah Hmm. i'll allow it thank you
0: any other thoughts or things you noticed about this episode
1: lisa's pantsuit was way too big for her it was she's swimming in it What did you call
0: her before? She was a totem of mauve? Yeah. (laughs) She was a totem of periwinkle in this episode.
1: I would say lavender, but yeah. Oh,
0: I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I I resigned my post. (laughs) So now it's time for...
1: The game. The game.
0: Okay, so Kayleen, you've got a game for us. Yep,
1: I slaved over it for three nights. It's right here. It's a good one, Jordan.
0: Wait a minute. Hold on a second. I have a surprise (laughs) game for you. A surprise game? (laughs) I do. I have written one. I did not like how the previous game went. I feel like I was unjust to you in the final few questions, and so I have written the game for us
1: this evening. Ooh, it's a redo. I have tailored it to you, my dear. Is it about Doritos? (laughs) (laughs) Nacho cheese, Cool Ranch, taco. Are there 10 questions you could ask about Doritos? (laughs) I mean, there are 10 things I could
0: tell you about Doritos. I feel like Doritos are the kind of snack that don't even have 10 facts about them.
1: (laughs) I love Doritos. But do you love facts about Doritos? I mean, I'm enjoying thinking about Doritos.
0: (laughs) If I can't be eating Doritos right now,
1: I at least get to think about them. I get to think about them. You know, they have 3D Doritos now. Uh They're not that good. I tried them. They're just like a folded up chip. It's weird. Hmm. I still tried both flavors, though. Are you ready for the game I prepared for you? (laughs) I am ready for the game. Wonderful.
0: So this is the season finale of News Radio season 2. Mhm. The topic of this game is season finales. Okay? I'm going to ask you about 10 different shows oh, gosh. and their season finales. Okay. I know season,
1: not series. Season,
0: not series. I know that you have seen every single one of these series
1: <laughs> multiple times. Um and have I seen every season of all these series?
0: I know.
1: Oh, okay.
0: But I know that you have seen much, if not all, of every one of these series. <laughs> okay. Including some that I have not seen. Okay. But oh. I wrote the questions for you anyway. Thank you. Are you ready?
1: Ooh, it's like putting on a dress that was tailored to me. Oof.
0: Are you the prettiest girl at the ball?
1: <laughs> i the prettiest pony.
0: <laughs> Keelan, K- you are the prettiest
1: pony. I am a pretty pony. <laughs>
0: I'm going to give you the season number, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you the show, and then ask you the question. Okay. I guess I should give some spoiler warnings, so uh, if you hear me mention a show that you have not seen, and I do say the name of the show in the question,
1: uh, and you don't want to be spoiled. But they've also all, like, obviously been in the past. I'm not really choosing anything that's like current. You're not doing stranger things. I'm
0: not doing severance. No. Yeah. Question number one, season four of friends. Okay. What event interrupts Ross's wedding to Emily in London?
1: He says the wrong name. He says Rachel instead of, Oh, well, Rachel comes in to the wedding and then she sits down and then he says the wrong name and then the wedding stops. No, the wedding still happens. Yes, I'm sorry. In the episode, Rachel comes in. That's how, this, that's how the episode ends, I believe.
0: I'm going to give it to you because you know the right answer and right. talk yourself out.
1: No, because I know because the first episode of the next season is at the wedding. And that's when Rachel sits down and she says to Ross, like, I just wanted because she was going to come in and tell him that she loved him. And then she decides instead to just tell him that she's, like, really happy for him.
0: Boy, you're really talking yourself out of this, aren't you? No. Season four ends with Ross saying the name Rachel. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of Emily during the vows. Oh,
1: I thought it ended with her coming in. Okay, well. I'm going to give you the... I'm going (laughs) to give you half a point. I know what happens. I just don't know when it ends. So apparently the cliffhanger was that
0: he said Rachel. Mm. She came in... And we thought that was going to be, her interrupting the wedding was going to be the big cliffhanger. But in fact, she didn't interrupt the wedding. Right. But he said the wrong name. Okay. So half a point.
1: I'll take it.
0: Good. Question number two, season five of Seinfeld. And I'm going to need you to allow me to read the
1: entire question. I'm going to have to think. Okay. I won't won't answer so quickly this time. I got excited (laughs) about Friends. (laughs) I could tell. A show I really know a lot about. Okay. I know. Okay.
0: Question two, season five of Seinfeld. Which character dies unexpectedly, provoking what an observer later calls, quote, restrained jubilation?
1: Susan, George's fiance. That is correct. Heir to the O. Henry candy bar fortune. (laughs) That's right. Do you remember her last name? Uh, Susan. uh, Because they have a foundation. They make a foundation after her name. I don't remember, but she dies from licking the glue on the crappy envelopes for their wedding invitations. That's right. Because George picks out the cheapest invitations. Right. (laughs) They don't even make them anymore. They're discontinued. Susan Ross. Ross.
0: Yep. Very good. Question number three. Season four of Superstore. The Cloud9 staff are unable to prevent what happening to Mateo.
1: Oh, he gets deported by ICE.
0: He doesn't technically get...
1: Well, right. He gets taken away by them in a car. And I cried. I remember like that episode being like, oh, this isn't funny. You know, it took a, it took a turn. Yeah. yeah. Correct. He's apprehended by Ice right. and is taken right. like, away in a car. Yeah. Like they're all trying to stop Ice from getting him in the store and then they get him.
0: I just rewatched that one not long ago. It's very funny up until the very end. And then you're like, oh, like well, he and, didn't get out of this. Well, And also
1: we're both you know, born in this country and we're white. So we're just like, that's just not a thing we even think about. Yeah. Question
0: number four, season 5.5 5
1: of Breaking Bad. Oh. What clue
0: leads Hank Schrader to discover the truth about his brother-in-law, Walt?
1: Leaves of grass on the back of the toilet.
0: More and specifically. That, and the
1: inscription that says to W." <laughs> Uh, I think it says something like my North Star or my Shining Star or my. Yeah.
0: Very good, Kayleen. Very good.
1: I love Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm.
0: Question number five Season four of Star Trek The Next Generation.
1: Okay. Every episode of Star Trek I've watched has been almost exclusively with you.
0: And I believe we've seen this together. Oh,
1: okay. Who
0: is captured and assimilated by the Borg?
1: Oh, um, is it Picard or Riker? It's Picard. That, Jean-Luc Picard.
0: That is correct.
1: Yep. Because Riker is the one who has to like go and save him.
0: Yes. The cliffhanger yeah. is a uh, oh. look at his face as low as a Borg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was really sad. Mm-hmm. That was good though. That was like a, that was like an exciting episode. That's a good
0: cliffhanger. Yep.
1: You had to explain to me though, like what was happening. Like I didn't understand what the Borg was and stuff. I remember you explaining it to me. Yep. I'm really enjoying all this reminiscing of good shows that I love. Yes.
0: All right. Here's one that you have seen that I have not. Oh, okay. And I know nothing about it, but I looked it up just for you.
1: All right. Question number six, season four of Shameless. Oh, I haven't watched that show. In years. You did watch it though. Not all of them. I watched like the first two seasons. Oh, I thought you watched it. No. I stopped. I thought you watched more of it than that. No. All right, we're going to take a shot in the dark then. All right, shoot it. Shoot your shot, Jordan. It's revealed that which character previously thought dead is actually alive. Oh, I can't even name a character from that show. <laughs> I thought you watched this show. No. I tried so hard. No, I'm sorry. There was a washing machine in the kitchen. <laughs> that would be Fiona's ex-boyfriend, Jimmy. No. <laughs> it means nothing to you? No. Nope. Okay. It means even less to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for real housewives. They don't have cliffhangers. Are you kidding? Oh, you don't know anything. It's Charlie. real life. Real life doesn't have cliffhangers. No. At the end of the season is when they always have like a culminating party. Mm-hmm. And there's always like an event. Some bitch throws some champagne in some yes. bitch's face. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Question number seven.
0: Season 6 of The Simpsons. Mm. In Who Shot Mr. Burns, who was the primary suspect and who was the real culprit?
1: Uh, the real culprit was Maggie. Correct. The primary suspect, I think, is Smithers.
0: I will give that to you. I also would have accepted Homer Simpson.
1: Okay. I thought it was Waylon Smithers. Yes. I mean, they have a whole list of like people at the end.
0: Pretty much everybody wanted him oh, dead right, was the kind right, of, right. yeah. All right. Question number eight. Season three of Lost.
1: Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this was early. Yep. If it was late, I later seasons, I gave up mentally with mm, that game. Me too. That game. That show. It yeah. Was, it was a game. It played games with your heart. It did.
0: Jack delivers what line to Kate, prompting the realization that an apparent flashback was actually a flash forward.
1: I have no idea. All I can think is not Penny's boat.
0: <laughs> I was going to use that one and Which I decided a, to use this that's, instead. That's
1: a good one. Yeah, they're like meeting in a parking lot or something or like an airport or something outside. Mm-hmm. You're picturing it, right? Yeah, I can picture it in my head, but I don't remember what he said. He says, we have to go back. Oh. Back to the island. Yeah. Ah. That was when that show was still pretty good. Yeah. You know.
0: Question number nine. Season two of The Sopranos, <laughs> which we watched together. You can't tell I me know. we didn't.
1: We did a long time ago. Okay. Tony
0: realizes that who is working for the government and I, needs to be dealt with.
1: I can't name any characters.
0: Okay, I will accept a physical description.
1: <laughs> Short, fat Italian, balding man. <laughs> mm, sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs>
0: it's a tall, fat, <laughs> heavily haired. Man, he's not balding. I I have no idea. (laughs) That would be Sal Bompincero.
1: Oh, no. Known as Big Pussy. Oh, yeah.
0: You're remembering the guy?
1: Yeah, I can picture him. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Like, doesn't he, like, have to kill him? He does. And then he, like, feels really bad, but he's also just like, and then doesn't, isn't Big Pussy kind of like, yep. Yep. (sighs) This is what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. He kills him on a boat. Yeah. drops him off in the harbor. Yeah. All right.
1: Final question. Okay.
0: This is a show I know you have seen, but I have not. Okay. I haven't seen a single moment of it. Question 10. Season 3 of Weeds.
1: Okay. For reference, I watched that show when I was on maternity leave with our first. Yes.
0: And he is nearly eight.
1: <laughs> so... Yep.
0: Nancy takes what dramatic action to conceal her drug activities?
1: I have no idea. The cliffhanger
0: of season three. I have no idea. She douses her house with gasoline and sets it on fire.
1: Okay. I've, I mean, that show got more and more outrageous, like the
0: longer it went on. But didn't it didn't go on for six or seven seasons or something? Yeah, this I was mean, season three. So. And
1: again, I was watching this in like mommy. so (laughs) that's
0: fair all right so that is all 10 questions
1: that was great can they
0: all be like that did you enjoy that
1: no real housewives jordan that's not a
0: show Mm
1: -hmm. i want at least one time doesn't have to be for the podcast i want you to write a 10 question trivia game for me with all questions about real housewives of new york okay it would, make, it would make me so happy. Please do this for me, so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> what holiday decoration does Devinda procure oh, for God. Bethany Frankel, Ugh. and does not get credit for? Oh my God, a giant nutcracker! You're
0: hurting me. <laughs> Please, you got five and a half out of ten. Good job.
1: Five out of ten. Five out of ten. You
0: beat your five out of ten. But I liked.
1: But I liked every one I got. Good. That's great. Good.
0: All right. This is the point in the episode where we recommend.
1: Oh, no. I was just thinking I'm not ready.
0: I was thinking the same thing. (laughs)
1: Oh, no. All right. Recommendation, Jordan. Mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend a book. It is called This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. I am only halfway done with it, Mm -hmm. uh, but I really like it. It was recommended to me by a good friend of mine, Carrie, if you're listening. Hello. Hello. I'll give a little synopsis. It is about a woman who is turning 40 and kind of taking stock of where her life is, as we do, um, especially when we're hitting decade milestone birthdays. And she has kind of mixed feelings about um, how her life has ended up at this age. And then she goes to sleep. And she wakes up and she is 16.
0: I called this a reverse big.
1: <laughs> it's small. It's not quite. Right. Yeah. Small. It is her 16th birthday, actually. And now she is reliving her 16th birthday, which we find out was a really formative night hmm. for her. Yeah. And I really like it. I don't know what's going to happen. I like reading books like that when I don't know what's going to happen. It's not, it's not like a time travel-y book. Like it's not sci-fi. I wouldn't say that. When you say
0: she's reliving it, can she make different decisions than the ones she
1: made? Yeah, she can. It's actually really interesting. Cause if you imagine yourself going back to relive a day in the life when you were 16, you'd Mm -hmm. be terrified. It'd be horrible. Yeah. I don't remember my class schedule. I don't remember, you know, like the social norms of how my friends (laughs) interacted with each other. I feel like I would be, I would look like I was terrified Mm -hmm. all day. Um, her, the main character's name is Alice, and she describes almost like she has two minds where she has the mind of her 40 year old self and can describe like where she comes from and you know what has happened. But she also has like a I imagine it's almost like a when you're hypnotized or like when you play piano and your fingers just go over the keys and they just remember like muscle memory. She also remembers like sort of how to be like she wakes up and she's talking to her dad in the kitchen and, um, but he's talking about things and she like is responding and she's like remembering them as she's talking about them, but it's almost like she's not, realizing that she remembers yeah i'm trying not to
0: turn this into a philosophy problem but i'm sort of like wait is the 40 year old version of herself taking any actual action or is she just observing action that the 16 year old
1: no she is taking action she tells she ends up telling her best friend like hey um i am 40 years old and i'm from the future Mm. (laughs) and i don't know what's happening yeah and her friend actually is like believes her Mm. and is like wow okay and her friend even is like, so are we still friends? Am I married? Like, what happens? And and she tells her friend, like, yeah, you're married. You have kids. We're still friends. But I'm not telling you more than that because I don't want to, mm. like, they they call it Michael J. Foxing because mm-hmm. <laughs> of Back to the Future. Like, she's like, I don't want to Michael J. Foxing. <laughs> like Sure. Like, you know, his family is disappearing from the photographs and that. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she is able to, like, change oh, okay. things. But she's okay. also like, I'm trying not to do too much because I don't know what effect it will have. And she also doesn't know how she's going to get back or sure. if she's going to get back. And she's like, I don't want to relive my life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm halfway done with it and I'm just really enjoying it. It makes me want to read more. Um, I think, I think Carrie has read some of her other books and then she, that's why she read this one and recommended it to me. Sure. So yeah, it's just nice to read a book that you are into and I'm at that age where if I pick up a book and I'm not into it, I stop reading it because there's no test. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) My rule that I found online somewhere, and I've definitely tried to apply it to the books that I'm reading for book club at the very least is give it 50 pages. Yeah. And then you get to take away one page for every year older than 50 you are. (laughs) So if you're 51, you only have to read forty nine pages. <laughs> and if you're a hundred, that means you can quit on the first page if you want.
1: So wait, if you're thirty, do you have to read eighty pages no, then? No. Oh, okay. Everything
0: up to fifty, you have to read fifty pages. Got it.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's a silly rule. So there you go. That's my recommendation. This time tomorrow. Nice. Thanks, Kayleen. Your turn, Jordan. Okay. Uh oh, you didn't think of one that whole time I was yammering on about my book? Uh.
0: I was actually engaging with you in conversation. I wasn't also thinking. All right. I am going to recommend a movie that I saw when I was in high school that I really liked. I think it was a pretty small indie film. Didn't get a really wide release. It is called Happy Accidents. I've never seen it. Yes, you have. We watched it together. Maybe once. I think you were drunk. (laughs) I think so. I think we were having drinks and watching it. Yeah. So one of the agreements that you and I made when we first started dating was that we were each going to watch the other's favorite movie. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah. And I watched your The Last American Virgin. Yeah. Which was quite good. I really liked it. Yeah. And then we also watched this one. Yeah. I was a little annoyed with you because I don't think you paid as close attention as I would have liked. Yeah. So it is a movie starring Marissa Tomei and Vincent D'Onofrio, directed by Brad Anderson. It came out in 2000. The basic idea is this woman named Ruby meets this guy named Sam. And slowly, as they develop a romantic relationship, he's a very strange guy. It just does all these weird little things that she doesn't quite understand. And he eventually reveals to her that he's a time traveler from Mm. the year 2470. And so the whole movie is her trying to figure out whether he's actually just mentally ill and this is just some fantasy he believes or whether he's actually a time traveler and it's kind of a larger meditation on what it's like to be in a relationship with someone despite all their faults. And like, here's this big thing that like is core to who you are and who you think Mm -hmm. of yourself as that. I don't know that I can like get my arms around, but I love you and I want to be with you, so how do we make this work? And hmm. I think it's just really funny and really cute and it's a really charming snapshot of uh New York City, which is where they live, right before 9-11, basically.
1: Yeah. So,
0: I mean, Marissa Tomei is just gorgeous in it. <laughs> and Is
1: she really pretty?
0: Are you is this a joke?
1: I guess like I I don't know. Hmm. So I was seeing, like, George Costanza. Do you remember in Seinfeld, he, like, mm-hmm. finds out that he, Marissa Tomei, loves, like, short, funny, balding <laughs> men or yes. something like that. And everyone's like, Marissa Tomei? And yeah. I was like, I mean, she's pretty, yeah. for sure, but, like, gorgeous? I don't know. Oh, I would use the word gorgeous. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think Vincent D'Onofrio Frio is just wonderful in it. He's just such an amazing actor anyway. Um, there's a fun little cameo from an 80s movie star i won't spoil that but yeah give this a give this a watch if you're interested it's uh it's really interesting i i enjoy it um brad anderson later went on to be the guy who did um the machinist which is Um, known for having christian bale as the lead mm -hmm. and he lost like a hundred pounds for that movie he's just like dreadfully skinny in that movie so
1: yeah, I actually saw a video recently of, like, his body yes. and all of the different roles he's played. And it, it tells you what his weight was in yep. all these roles. And, like, it's super unhealthy. Oh, yeah. so un- I mean, he's, like, incre- in incredible shape multiple times. But then he gained a ton of weight for one role, and then he was super yep. buffing And you're just, like, the toll that would take on your body is pretty substantial. That's true. So, yeah, check out Happy Accidents. I don't know
0: where it's streaming, if anywhere, probably nowhere. You probably have to buy the DVD, but I bet you could get the DVD for Cheap, $10, $15, tops.
1: Yeah. So, All right.
0: Well, that's our recommendations. Now is the point in the show where we talk about our favorite moment from the episode. I have a guess for what yours is, Kayleen.
1: What do you think mine is? My
0: guess is that your favorite moment is when Matthew...
1: Slides down. That's show. exactly <laughs> it. Yep, that or when he climbs from his shoulders up onto the ceiling, okay, like up out of frame. Yeah, I liked that. What's yours?
0: I like, I like those two. I stole I gave it. it to you. I know. I like Joe's interaction with Dave when he's mad about the security cameras, and Dave says, "If what you're saying is true, then I still don't care." <laughs> I love that line. I could no. say that to so many people in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Probably including me. I think you're full of shit. But if what you're saying is true, I still don't care. (laughs) All right. Kayleen. Since I did the game, you get to pick the rating scale.
1: Warheads. (laughs) Perfect.
0: Beautiful. (laughs) On a scale from one to five warheads, what do you give this episode?
1: 1.7.
0: Yeah. 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 I know you're pretty down on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to
0: give it like a 1.9. Not great. There are a couple of nice little moments, but in general, this is not a memorable episode. Mm-hmm. Well, that is our discussion of Led Zeppelin 2. And that is it for season two. Kayleen, we have made it all the way through seasons one oh. and two of this show. God, <laughs> We're doing it, baby.
1: Okay, we're doing it.
0: So next episode, we will wrap up season two. And this is going to be just a fun. Like a short one? Breezy one where we just talk
1: about. <laughs> Not so heavy like this like this one.
0: Yeah. Where we just talk about our favorite things, what we liked, what we didn't like. This is where we're going to do. I need you to start thinking about who's your favorite guest star from seasons one and two.
1: I have homework? Yeah. Okay.
0: I just need you to start thinking about it.
1: Janine Garofalo. You know. Of all the things you're good at, thinking is one of them. I am a pretty good thinker. (laughs) I'm I'm not as good of a thinker as I am a talker, though. That's true. (laughs) I'm a better thinker than a talker. You're a better talker than a thinker. Yep.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) So, yeah, that'll be what we do next time. And after that, we will do our Summer of 96 episode. And then we will return in earnest Mm. with Season 3. All right. For WKJP
1: News Radio, this is Jordan and Kayleen signing off. The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at Pod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at WKJPPod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening.